to the Catholic National Athletic Association's podcast, Overtime. We talk about the unique challenges of running an athletic department at Catholic high schools. We also feature athletic directors from around the country and identify best practices for successful high school athletic departments. If you would like to submit a question or suggest a topic idea for the podcast, please email info at thecnaa.org. That's I-N-F-O at thecnaa.org. I-N-F-O at thecnaa.org. All right. I'm here sitting with Ryan Pensy here, the, uh, the Director of Business Development at CBS Interactive. How are you doing, man? I'm great, Ryan. How are you today? I'm <laughs> doing really good. So Ryan's talking about the future of the digital landscape in high school sports, which is such a massive topic. Uh, so, many, uh, so much interest around digital content in this day and age, and parents and students both can't seem to get enough content these days right. uh, so especially around sports uh so uh, we're really excited to have you here on the show and uh you're with cbs interactive can you tell me a little bit about that yeah so cbs interactive encompasses not only cbssports.com but max preps which is very familiar for the prep scene uh 24 7 sports uh, sports line a, a number of different properties and you know, we're very interested from a content standpoint in trying to develop content that we can distribute across our platforms especially from a live standpoint so live events and and that really ranges from everything from football to basketball all the way to swim meets and track and field events uh, you know there's a large wide range of opportunities for us when it comes to, to content that's awesome so uh, can you tell me about the future of the digital landscape in high school sports well i think it's ever evolving and and we've seen even just in the last few years with some of the automated production capabilities that have taken place you know before where you used to have to have a number of different people that would have to be there to actually produce a game you'd have to have camera people you'd have to have announcers now with some of the automated technologies i know pixelot is one of the ones that that we've worked with in the past yeah. it's changing the game because it's allowing schools to have a direct investment into technology technology that then is able to translate into them having those events you know, be distributed by a company like CBS Interactive. And so with that, it opens up really a gateway uh, for consumers, parents, student athletes to be able to have a lot more information and a lot more events uh, than they ever had in the past. And so you're here at the CNAA retreat this year, and you're talking about that. We actually caught you just before you went in to speak. Um, and so you're speaking about all this stuff, right? The digital streaming landscape and how things are changing. Uh, and do you think this is all for the positive, all this digital stuff? Yeah, it's absolutely for the positive because you think about um, a certain student athlete that might be playing or participating in a sport in California, and they might have you know, a parent who's traveling, they might have grandma and grandpa that are all the way across the country. And so this is giving them an opportunity to be able to, to see these student athletes compete in a very finite amount of time. You know, we all know that, that high school is a short period of time, and a lot of these student athletes aren't going to have an opportunity to go on and play collegiately or professionally. And so as much of that connection that we can bring together and then to help with, you know, whether it's from our standpoint to be able to distribute the additional information on max preps, we just want to tie it all together. We want to be that hub. That's awesome. So I, I'm thinking we're, we're talking about digital streaming. We're talking about creating content, and who is consuming that ideally? Like, who, who are all the people that are that can that can and are able to consume all of it? Well, really, it's open up to the to the general public. So, in, in certain cases, we've built out um, what I would call hubs for this information. So, De La Salle TV is a perfect example where we worked with De La Salle to create a hub for all of their content. So, all of their athletic events were taking place on that page. Yeah, we've even expanded that though to take that content and, and in some cases. 
uh, showcase it on CBSSports.com. So the recent uh, MLK Classic, we put some of those games on CBSSports.com, and the consumption of those events is significantly higher than we had seen just on that kind of branded standalone platform. Yeah. So th- there's no restrictions when it comes to who can view the content. And really, it opens up uh, even, you know, as you start to talk about those elite athletes that might be recruited by some of the bigger colleges across the country, now you have those fans of those programs after a student athlete is maybe teetering on who they're going to sign with or they've already signed you know the the rabidness of the collegiate athletic community too is so great that they want to be able to see those kids play they want to see who their next quarterback or running back or linebacker is going to be so we open up that opportunity so that they can see those kind of future stars as well as as just the the kids that are playing on the team that that may not go on to play uh, collegiately so do you feel like this i mean this creation of content and digital availability across the nation do you feel like this is going to prove positive for uh, kids that might not have a, had a chance to go play, or, or like for a, or for a scout to come see them, or that kind of thing, is it going to open up job, you know, job or uh, collegiate opportunities and stuff like that? Yeah, potentially could. Uh, you know, I don't know that we're looking at it from that mm-hmm. aspect as much as we want to be able to take whether on a national or a regional basis some of these events that are taking place, yeah. or specifically schools that that are you know at a certain level that it's going to draw some either regional. Or national attention yeah and so yeah. we want to be able to bring that out now how that's going to help or or whom is consuming that content you know that's certainly up for grabs you know it wouldn't yeah. surprise us at all if there's coaches that are out there or people that are in personnel departments that are going and watching these games or who knows maybe even from a scouting standpoint yeah watching some of this content as well being when, able to cut their travel time a bit and uh, actually scout from home absolutely <laughs> these games yeah or if you're playing a, a nationally ranked team mm-hmm. and and it's one of the early season matchups where one team's coming from the east coast to play a west coast team you know the likelihood is you're doing some sort of film sharing yeah. uh, but this is going to give you an opportunity to be able to go in and watch that content and, and I don't think we're going backwards you yeah, know, yeah. The, the technology is there where you know these different schools have the opportunity to distribute this content in a number of different ways we're just trying to help them to elevate that and, and get it to as many people as we possibly can does it create when you guys create this content is there a content library that's built so you can like an archive that people can peruse you know for anything that you guys have been developing yeah there is and oftentimes it just depends upon the relationship that we have with each of our partners as to how long that content lasts right yeah you know traditionally you see the most engagement when an event is live yeah once yeah. that event is gone into a more of a vod opportunity mm-hmm. there still will be some people that will come and watch that content but it, it drops dramatically yeah and, and then from a story standpoint you know after you get 12 months beyond when that event took place the likelihood of somebody going back and watching it again is very very seldom right. and so just from the cost of storing that content and making it available we'll oftentimes work with our partners to find you know ways that are more cost effective to still keep that um, but maybe not display it as much is there any talk about potentially with all this digital stuff is there any talk about maybe like original content going into this kind of field as well where you highlight reels or you know narration stuff or you know biography type things yeah there absolutely is and and I think that there's a big desire um, especially from from our standpoint in looking to try and find those great stories yeah so as we are out having conversations not only about live opportunities but we'll also work with production companies that will come to us and say like hey we've got this great idea about 
this opportunity, whatever right. that may be. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's about a certain school. Maybe it's about um, some student athletes. Maybe it's about a coach, whatever that may be. And they'll then bring to us, you know, more of a storyboard opportunity. We'll look at it and evaluate it and see like, hey, does this make sense? Could we put together six, eight, ten episodes? Yeah. And you start to think about some of the other episodic content that fans are watching from a sports standpoint. Yeah. The hard knocks, the last chance used, mm-hmm. those types of programs. And, you know, if it has enough pull, we'll certainly investigate it. And I think you'll see more opportunities where companies like ours will invest in that type of content outside of just the live because there is more of that evergreen effect. You will potentially see people that will go back and watch a season of one of those types of shows years after the fact yeah, versus yeah. a live event that, that took place. Live sports is great when it's live, yeah. but this is the type of content that is more evergreen. I, and I like that. I mean, when you're watching this type of stuff, especially if you can go back and watch, I mean, there's this element of characters and tropes that happen just in, in regular life that you don't always see happening in real time. But then uh, over watching, you know, years of content, it's, it could, they can really show themselves, which I think is cool. You mentioned uh, De La Salle High mm-hmm. School. How did that relationship kind of start? Uh, it's a great question, and we had actually worked with um, with our partners and colleagues at Max Preps, and they had a relationship with uh, Leo LaPaz, who's the, the athletics director at De La Salle, and, and it was really an opportunity for us to come in and talk and brainstorm some different ideas that, that he had and that we had. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we're going into our third year working with De La Salle, and it's been a great partnership, and we've seen, you know, an opportunity to grow that yeah. from where we had a limited number of events to then expanding that and really having as many of the events now with some of the automated uh, production capabilities inside of the the different venues at De La Salle, but to be able to surface that content uh, to fans all over the world. And so there's really no restrictions that are there in terms of who can watch that content. If they have an internet connection and and want to subscribe and, and, and consume that content, it's available. That's great. Were there any kind of unexpected positives or negatives that came from that? That you, it's, it's, I'm assuming it's been a learning process with something new like that, a new relationship. Uh, has there been really cool things that have happened? Yeah. You know, I think it, it definitely has been a learning experience um, in a positive way for both sides. Yeah. You know, when you look at kind of the prep sports viewership, it's very different than what you would see. Uh, from a lot of other sports. And so it's not easy to compare. So right. even times where we'll look at analytics and say, like, hey, is is this exactly what you'd expect? Well, it's not an apples to apples comparison. Yeah. You know, a high school football game on a Friday night is not going to be anywhere near the same that you're going to see from a college game or a professional game. Yeah, yeah. They're just very different. Of course, yeah. But, but I do think that there have been learnings. I think that as we look at game times, matchups, um, even you know teams that are playing each other kind of across the country, it, it can help to um, to formulate as we look and go ahead into into future years as to when we would schedule some of that content. Yeah, that's awesome. So, given the size and capacity of CBS as a corporation, what's something that you guys can do for a school community like that? You mentioned De La Salle, but you're you're here at the CNAA, for example. Like, what's what are some of the things that can come from a relationship like that? Yeah. So, no matter how big or how small our partners are, we want to make sure that we market that content. Yeah. And so, it's not been unusual for us to to leverage our prowess across digital, and that can even be things like you know email, social. It can be how to watch articles that are on CBSSports.com, leveraging our SEO power. So we're trying to do as much as we can because to us it doesn't make a lot of sense to have, you know, tons and tons of content 
if nobody can find it. And so yeah. we want to leverage all of our different aspects, but then it's also working with the partner. You know, Dateless Owl is a perfect example. They know who their community is. They know where they can reach those people. And so it's kind of a two-way street. We'll certainly do it from our aspect, but we also look back to our partners to say, hey, make sure you're pointing people in the right direction so that there's not any confusion as to where this content might be. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so what should uh, schools consider as they work on their digital presence and managing all this content? Well, it, it, there's a lot of different things that, to look at, uh, especially in this ever-changing environment. Number one would be from a production standpoint. You know, a lot of times the schools might be financially burdened by the fact that it's going to be students who are producing the content. Well, when you're working with different companies, especially like ours, if you're producing this content, you have to make sure that you've got camera people and announcers. and yeah. So it, it's not trying to bite off more than you can chew right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So in, in some cases, it's not a bad thing to you know walk before you run. Yeah, yeah. If you don't think that you can handle 100 events a year, maybe you start with 25, but you know that you're going to be able to do the best 25 events that you can yeah. versus doing 100, and then 50 of those have to be canceled because you don't have the production yeah. folks that are there. Or it's looking at making some of the investments in some of the automated technology that can take the people aspect away. There, there are certainly things like weather and other mm -hmm. types of, of natural incidents that will take place that mm -hmm. you can't prevent from an event cancellation standpoint, um, but some of the other things you just have to factor in. Why are you interested in engaging with the CNAA? Well, we think it's a powerful organization. And, you know, when you look at some of the marquee brands uh, of schools that are in this organization, we think that there's an opportunity for growth here. And specifically what we have seen with De La Salle, we think is a model that we could take out um, to a lot of other schools and, and properties and, and start to do more of a national play than just a regional play. That sounds awesome. So uh, you've been here at the CNAA event. Is this your first time? It is, first time. How's it been going for you? It's been great. I, uh, I got in this morning, and I've met a bunch of different people and, uh, and looking forward to it. So it's, it's been great and look forward to coming back again. That's awesome. So is there anything, like in closing, that, it, that, we, that you'd like to share with the listeners here of this podcast and kind of to learn more about what you do or learn more about this opportunity? Yeah, so I, I would say you know the best thing is you can you can look and find all of this information uh, specifically to what we're doing from a streaming standpoint. De La Salle TV is probably a great example where fans can go and find out more information about what we've done specifically for De La Salle. Um, for those schools who are, are interested in potentially doing more or, or partnering, um, you know, be happy to to share some contact information as well. We're, we're always engaged and in, in looking to have those conversations, especially not only as we look to expand on kind of our footprint here in the near term but also longer term is what we might be able to do so um also max preps let's not forget it's a great resource it's the best resource in, in the prep sports space that's awesome man thank well thank you so much for making the time i know you have to get uh, get over to your speaking engagement here in a few minutes uh but that's been ryan pensy the director of business development at cbs interactive and thanks so much for making the time to talk with us man thanks ryan appreciate it Thanks for listening to today's episode of the CNAA podcast, Overtime. Stay tuned for more episodes each month featuring best practices for managing high school athletic programs at Catholic schools. If you have questions or topic suggestions for the show, please email info at thecnaa.org. That's info at thecnaa.org. And let us know what you think.